Welcome to Morning Coffee and Mimosas. I'm Christina. And I'm Joe. We are a father-daughter duo. We come here Sunday mornings, but you can come here anytime you please. We banter about life, about business, and we do it over coffee and mimosas. Good morning, Christina. Hey, Dad. Waiting <laughs> <laughs> for a good morning part of that, but it didn't happen. But all right. No. No. I will always keep you guessing. You always do. That is great. And therefore, we keep our listeners guessing, and hopefully they don't turn it off. <laughs> on that they gap. might after that pregnant pause. I know. I know. Oh, so well. anyway, very happy to be here. We have a very exciting topic today. Why are you pausing? I just am having fun with the pauses today. <laughs> no, we do have a very exciting topic, but I also have to tell our listeners oh, something no. before oh, we no. get started. So as we were eating this morning, um, my parents went to see an 80s band last night and I saw some hilarious, hilarious <laughs> video footage of the one, the only Joe Graziano dancing last night. So I thought that the listeners oh, no. should know because it was very, 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 a very far, far, far departure. Yeah. I don't from, dance. Yeah. But you did dance last <laughs> but night. But I did. There's a reason, though. And for those of you that are interested, I will be sharing it out on our Instagram page oh, for boy. your viewing pleasure. Oh, boy. <laughs> because there's video proof of it. <laughs> Well, I don't dance. So what happened I, there? I, I, hate, I really it, don't like dancing. You must dancing. have been inspired. What happened? Well, it's funny because I don't dance. I don't like dancing. I don't know what I'm doing dancing. I never took dancing lessons and stuff. So I would I, just... ar- I would not argue that you didn't know what you were doing because it was you, yeah, you, you didn't seem to really know what you were doing, but no, you did it. Not. But I did it. And I don't have fun, you know, like jumping up and dancing and stuff like that. You were smiling. Yeah, I was because one of the uh, couples we were with, the husband, Don, he said to me, if you first he tried with a drink, he said, you know, why don't you go dance? I'll buy you a drink. And I was like, I'll buy my own drink. Thank you. <laughs> and then a little later on, he said, how about a steak dinner at the restaurant of your choice? Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah, that kind of upped the ante. And I still waited most of the night. And then it was You're telling the me that you night. weren't out there immediately? Nope. I even waited. That's how much I didn't want to dance. And then there were a lot of people and it got dark. I figured nobody could see me really too well. And uh, and then he said, the bet's still on. And I said, steak dinner, restaurant of my choice. He goes, yep. And up I went. I had to dance two songs to get the... Uh, <laughs> that was the deal? That was the deal, yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, there was a flash on the camera that recorded it because despite it being dark... I forgot about flashes on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, if you are all intrigued at what it would look like if this man danced... It's no treat. You don't have to look... <laughs> I think it's an enjoyable video. Yes. So I think it's worth the watch. So we will share it out. And by we, I mean me. Yeah, I know. I will sneakily post it from our at morning coffee and mimosas on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm not a betting person, but I do love food. (laughs) You are not a betting person, but I've also never seen you turn down a free meal. No, exactly. And not steak. So (laughs) you've always been willing to take a free meal. I even had to confirm with him, like, you're not meaning like to take me to, uh, like Red Robin or something like that. He said of your choosing, which is a exactly. very dangerous game. So where are you going to have him take you? Well, we kind of bandied around like Peter Luger's Steakhouse in New York. Okay. 
So it might be. Never know. Well, anyway. if you uh, are able to bring a friend for the dinner. I don't know if that friend is going to post videos of me dancing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't, don't think you're going to be I'm dancing bringing... <laughs> at Peter Luger's. You might get thrown out. <laughs> no, I said you're going to post if you're going to post a video of me dancing. Oh, is this, this a new is this a, a new challenge? If a... <laughs> I don't post it, I get a free steak dinner. Then maybe you get a free steak dinner. All right, listeners. Well, wait and see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what are we talking about oh, today? I forgot about the topic today. I thought we were just going to talk about you dancing all <laughs> no, morning. No, nobody wants to hear that. That's maybe true. I mean, I I do, but I guess we we can get into our topic episode. Okay, so, good. So listeners, what we're really here for today, other than to embarrass my father, as mm -hmm. I always find an opportunity to do, mm -hmm. uh, if any of you have a dad that you also enjoy embarrassing, you get it. Um, but today we're going to finish our three-part series. So if you've been listening with us, we have been talking about communication for the last two episodes. Correct. So this is our final. In episode 25, if you listened with us. That episode, we talked about communicating for clarity and simplicity, so big picture. Last week, episode 26, our six-month anniversary, we talked about three tips to effectively simplify your communication. And uh, just to kind of summarize that for you guys, because I think it really builds here as we shut the series down, that was eliminating jargon, clarifying assumptions, and avoiding preconceived notions or ideas. So it all goes really full circle as we finally get to the third and final part of our series. And a very important part, this week we're going to talk about how to effectively communicate in writing. And I think that is sometimes where so much communication goes awry. It's really the most important. We left it for last on purpose. It's really the most important since we text all day and send emails all day and post on blogs or whatever. We are write, literally writing all the time. You're so right. And we've gotten out of where people used to very quickly just pick up the phone and say, let's just talk about something so frequently <laughs> now. Everything happens and people will go back and forth and volley back and forth in writing with confusion forever <laughs> before they just pick up the phone. Because I do that all the time. Sometimes it's like back and forth, it's two or three, and then I finally say, Can I call you? You know, they say, Yeah, and then everybody's so happy. It's like, look, let's just let's just figure this out. <laughs> I think you said actually that you have a rule that if it goes back and forth more than what two is it two or three, times? three times? Am About I making times. this No, no, you're am right. Am I making this yeah. up? If 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 it's the third volley and I don't mean anything is wrong, just that you're starting to now have to write a lot to explain because the person didn't get it the first or the second time, pick up the phone and So you're just, like so yeah, so I mean this is not part of our lesson for today, but No. Part of it is like if you get to the same topic and you're clarifying more than two times, you just pick up the phone and talk to the person. I need to talk to you. Yeah. Because with, <laughs> for whatever. Obviously, yeah. my written communication is not clear enough today. <laughs> right. So let's just. Yeah. Talk and about I'm this. taking the blame. I'm mean, probably I, I messed up, you know, mm -hmm. or, or whatever. But I'm just saying, let's just get on the phone and talk about it. Right. Yeah. And as we were going through kind of like talking about this topic and just kind of talking through thoughts a little bit. We were starting to get very fired up about certain pieces. So as we <laughs> as we kind of um, you know, go through this conversation, I think there's gonna be certain things. My dad has a lot of pet peeves and they started to like he started to get like a vein on the right side of his head started to bulge a little bit yeah, as he was talking about certain things. So 
Let's have fun with this. Yeah. All right. Let's try and have some fun. So what's our, what do you want to start with on the written communications? What was your... Well, I think a lot of it goes back to what we've been talking about the last two weeks, Mm -hmm. which is knowing your target and understanding the tone. Mm -hmm. So in order for you to effectively set up a written communication, it's the same thing. You need to understand who it is you're talking to and what is the tone of that communication and and how does that person, how do they respond well to communication? Yeah. And how, what do I want from that? Like, what do I want the person to do? Am I informing the person? Am I educating the person? Am I, am I being humorous or am I asking for something to be done? Well, and that be clear goes, on that. But that right? goes to, yeah, understanding, making sure the other person is set up for success with knowing right. what to do with your communication. Right. And it comes back to the very first part two weeks ago. Know what it is. What is the purpose of this communication? Yeah. It couldn't be simpler than that. Why am I communicating with you? But I think the, the, so going back to like the first part though, understanding who you're communicating with, Mm -hmm. how they like to be communicated with, that's important because that will help you figure out what is the medium that you should be communicating in. Mm -hmm. So if written communication is the mode, is it that they prefer text messages or do they prefer email? Um, Or do they prefer, you can still, the USPS is still around, you can still write a letter. If somebody prefers that, but yes, you could exactly. But I think part of that is understanding the person, how they'll receive the information well, and the tone. So if you're talking to a friend, you might, you know, talk with a little bit more of a casual Mm -hmm. manner. If you're talking to somebody that you've never communicated with, you might be a little bit more formal. Mm -hmm. Good. What's our second one? Well, the second one you started to give away too early, which was. <laughs> the second part is clearly stating, and I mean, this is probably most important, is clearly stating what you want to happen right. from the communication. So, what is a call to action in very clear terms? Mm-hmm. And I have actually started at times, if there's something important, I'll put in the subject line action required. And in the body of the email, make sure that it's really clear what do you want somebody to do with this communication? Is it an FYI that they should be aware of? Is it, this is, you know, hi, Joe, I'm writing you to get your feedback on something, to get your opinion. Hi, Joe, I need you to take the following action. All too often, people send emails with their thoughts and information, but no call to action for what you have to right. do with it. It's almost it. like a stream of consciousness that the, that the email is. And, and if you have to read an email two or three or four times to gather what it is they meant, that's not right. That's not great. I just received a really good email from somebody, and it was the subject line was excellent as far as it just said things we need to you know get done. And then the first part was, I just need answers from your team on these three. And it was bulleted, one, two, three. And then the rest of the email was information to help with the other information, if you know what I'm saying, like clarity. So they provided what they needed done, and then they provided after that, here's the information you might need to answer those questions. Instead of a long, long email with all this information and then buried in there, like, please supply that or whatever. So that's a really good point, and I think it's something that, I mean, I even know myself often, Mm -hmm. I don't do that, right? Sometimes you put all of the thoughts on paper or in the email, Mm -hmm. and then you give the call to action. So somebody has to have read through all of those thoughts and information 
and then you ask for I think that's a really good tip is it was it was really nice it was put really in the beginning here's what I'm going to ask of you and then here's some mm-hmm. information that might help right I really like that yeah yeah so that was very it was very good that was helpful I think the other thing in written communication and we're all guilty of this but using simple language mm-hmm. and I'm going to say they say because I don't know exactly who said it first but I've heard it often so this is probably not a new thought much like Nothing we're sharing is necessarily new, more just reminders for Mm -hmm. people, right? But um, communicate at a fourth grade level is what they say. That was my worst year in school. No. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually my, I don't think I've loved fourth grade either, (laughs) but maybe that's because that's when communication stepped up. I'm not sure. I don't know what that, I don't know what fourth grade level means. So that's why, you know. Well, I think it's just, it tells you dumb down your communications. (laughs) Like if you were going to use jargon like we talked about last week or if right. you were going to use some kind of a buzzword just speak in plain english right and speak in terms that anybody regardless of what acumen they have could understand and i just said the word acumen that's probably too big for me too big for fourth yeah. grade so speak in in whatever you know language somebody could understand at any level right and uh, any experience so now, now i have to get can i go to a pet peeve on on this yes please <laughs> only if um, that vein will pop again what yeah one pet peeve i have and i really think if people would stop doing what i'm going to tell them to stop doing things would improve like if all ha- things what things well not all things not your whole life just, uh, <laughs> he's like we can solve world hunger that's it if you just stop doing this stop one doing thing this one thing but <laughs> if you think about it how many times you get an email that has an attachment and the person says, enclose, please find, and then whatever it is. I hate, hate. Yes, I hate. I really dislike that phrase, and I'll tell you why. We should speak in an email. We should, we should communicate in an email the way we would speak to a person face-to-face. Enclose, please find is an archaic phrase from years ago when... You sent a letter, and when you opened the letter, you were basically warning the person that there was something else in that envelope, and it was a phrase that was used in the past, like maybe 80 years ago. So you're using it like, you just opened this letter, and if you were about to throw the envelope away, enclosed, please find. Correct. And then, you know, <laughs> oh, the you know letter from dad or whatever. Okay, I see it now, right? But when you get an email, there's obviously an attachment. <laughs> either on the top or the bottom, but somewhere. So why don't we just write the way we would speak? Because if I was with you, I would say, hey, um, here's that form and attached to it is the whatever. So just start the email and say attached is, or you'll see that I've attached the document I want you to review or attached is the document I want you to review. What does enclosed so please saying, find mean? It what doesn't you're mean saying anything. is don't communicate like you're, you are John Hancock. Yes, for some reason. <laughs> or pe- Benjamin Franklin. People, people speak to each other in 2021 language, but then they write in 1941 language. Yeah, you're so, it's so true. And I mean, unless, unless you're writing a legal contract that has specific things like we should all be communicating the way we would speak. Yeah, even lawyers need to clean all that garbage up, but that's another whole story. 
but that's leave leave it to them because that's how they you know they make it so confusing you have to hire a lawyer to read it so well i always right. i always <clears throat> find it funny because we have all the the contracts that go back and forth and then we're like maybe we should just get a legal to legal call together so that we can explain the context because nobody knows what the heck any of this language actually means we're like what did you intend by what this meant and that's right. where the legal process always yeah, goes you need a lawyer to say no that phrase is okay okay thank you well, yeah what? i'm not gonna do that <laughs> so you know you're communicating with your boss or you're communicating with a colleague or a vendor or or whatever just write the way you speak yeah make it conversational people will enjoy it better it's easier to read and get away from all that fake stuff because it's really just old-fashioned uh, formulaic writing that's obsolete. You're so right. And I think the other thing to it, we, we talked about this a little bit about clearly stating what we want, the call to action, all of that. But along with the clear communications is format your email so that they're easy to see and understand. Right. I like bullets. I think most people appreciate, bullets. Yeah. I think, you know, they bold and italics mm-hmm. and underlines those things that exist for a reason yellow highlight i mean you can yellow put highlights highlight. you know it's, it gives you all this capability like make it easy for people to know right. where they need to because most of the time people are giving no offense but most of the time people are giving your email a skim mm-hmm. it's getting a skim yeah but if you see a bold if you see a yellow highlight you see your something, eye you knows go, where to go and what's important and, and i'm right and i'm going to say okay christina wants me to focus on these items obviously yeah. Yeah, that's very true. So use your formatting to keep your language simple and to make sure that there's a simple structure to your communication. Right. And I kind of give you one more pet peeve. Oh, yeah. I love these. <laughs> so very often, let's say even you even have a perfectly formatted email, right? And there's four people on the, on the chain. And the subject was, let's say we're going to say it was podcast topics for today, right? That's the subject line. And of course, when you started the email, you started talking about podcast topics. I think I know where you're going with this, and it drives me yes. bananas. And I'm not too. saying you. I'm just using you as an example. This is not you, but then, you know, maybe two weeks from now, I want to send an email to those same four people, and I'm going to be lazy, and I find that email, and I click forward, but I'm just asking if the four of us want to go have lunch. <laughs> <laughs> But I was too lazy to change the subject line, delete the old copy of the thing, and take FW out of the subject line. Like, it's okay to grab an old email, clean it up, and modernize it now, bring it up to date. But I can't tell you how many times. But, why, but also, why do I people have, need to use an old email for that? Like, how well, hard is it to it. just create a new email? Well, let's say there were five, six people on the email chain, and you just didn't want to put all of their emails in, or you didn't have them. I can understand Okay, maybe, yeah. One. But adjust it, fix yeah. it. Don't just grab it and then send it. I, I've, I've missed things where because the topic was, oh, yeah, we've already, I don't know what that was. That must be. Well, and I think that's whatever, actually you know? a good point because people should also understand that whatever the email service provider that you use, whatever your domain, some people set up little like rules and things like mm-hmm. that where certain subjects go to certain folders i do that all certain the time. things get filtered out right. so, so if you said podcast it probably is going to go into my podcast folder which i'll review but i didn't know you wanted to have lunch right <laughs> you know? so i think that's important too because sometimes people have certain rules that are tied to certain subject lines mm-hmm. and depending on what you pick and where you put things 
your email might get filtered out or put somewhere else. Right. But even bigger than that, that is such a pet peeve of mine. It's not even like just starting a new conversation from an old email, but it's also, and I mean, I'm not saying I've never done this or do this. I probably do at times, but it's a super lazy, lazy habit that Mm -hmm. people do. So if there's a subject line and then you just start talking about something else in the same email, it's like, oh, we're already talking, just start a new thread because it's so hard to keep, to keep up with that stuff. And when somebody is skimming, they may not like, I, I hear people often talk about like, Oh, they only answered one part of my note. But then I look at the note and I'm like, well, your note really wasn't about the topic. Like you you asked a question that was right. like totally, I don't know, people sometimes need to switch mental gears, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you want to talk about something else? Well, it's, I just think it's not that hard. Start a new right. email that's specific to whatever. And, well, and if you're, if your email is general and it's a, covering a bunch of different things, that's one thing. Right. But if your subject line is specific to a topic stick with that stick with it or start a new one and and related to that is don't cram a million topics into one email so again you're going to send an email about the podcast and send the email about the podcast then send another email about lunch you know then send a third email about you know something a, a podcast topic we're going to do two months from now right yeah don't try to put a subject line or something that says this week's podcast lunch and you know October's podcast topic like just three separate emails yeah I agree with that yeah another thing I gotta say punctuation man text Mm -hmm. messages it's the worst because people like in text and text is getting used more and more I think in like a business scenario we don't have to use those abbreviations because we all have full keyboards on the on the (laughs) phone now and I mean if you have to like if people are trying to shorten you and are i i don't really care for that to be honest that's when that's when you had a flip that's when phone. you had to type i mean right. but punctuate your things because mm-hmm. it's so hard when somebody sends like a big blob of text with no punctuation and you're supposed to then make sense of what yeah, no it paragraphs, is no paragraphs no whatever yeah and this is a big pet peeve so if you do this you may want to reconsider We all use dictation now because it makes our lives easier. And if you're driving, you can talk to your text, to your email, whatever. It's a great tool, great invention. Take a freaking minute and proofread your note before it goes uh, out. Make sure that you're dictating with punctuation. Hi, Joe, exclamation point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't just talk. Don't just talk. Hi, Joe, I was wondering if uh, on this afternoon's meeting, if you want to, whatever, that comes out as like a run-on thing. And if you don't look at it, you might say something in there. It may have auto-corrected. Yeah. And Do you know what happened in an email once that I received? Somebody dictated it, I believe, or they used, you know, auto-correct or whatever. And instead of saying sorry for the inconvenience, it said sorry for the incontinence. And I'm like, that's not really what your email caused, but (laughs) interesting. But it's like that kind of stuff that when you talk about like, and that was kind of an obvious, okay, that was a dictation Mm -hmm. error, but you have used punctuation and proofread your stuff, like check your work because all that it does is show a lack of respect to whoever is receiving it because you were trying to make things easier for you in sending the note. But you didn't care at all to make things easier for the other person that, that was that's receiving very true. it. That's very true. 
And and I think you may, I love what you just said. Read it first. Just read before you hit send. Just read it. Yeah. And you find all kinds of things that will prevent your own embarrassment and prevent confusion on the other side. Well, and I think what happens is if we don't read that and we just send it because we're trying to be quick and we're trying to get things done and we're trying to make our lives easier, Mm -hmm. you end up not only making the other person's life harder and probably frustrating them, but you end up making your own life harder because you then have to re-communicate or... And apologize. Clarify something (laughs) or come back and say, oh, I'm sorry. I was dictating my messages. You know, it's just creates that back and forth. Mm -hmm. Maybe it creates that three point volley for you that then you end up picking up the phone and then it's like, oh, shit. Now I have to talk to Joe. Right. (laughs) Now I have to talk to the guy. And before I start talking to Joe, I have to apologize for the stupidity. Punctuated. (laughs) Right. And, you know, checked my work. Maybe I wouldn't have had to yeah. have a phone call with you. And and you by know? the way, I'm, I'm not recommending this product. I'm just saying that there are products. I, I happen to use a product called Grammarly. It's really awesome. It reads your email like as you're typing and it fixes punctuation and stuff like that. It's really been excellent. And there are other products. I'm just saying that you you can use. Not every one of us is an excellent punctuator or speller. Right. But it actually it helps improve your context, your, it even tells you the tone. Like it'll actually tell you, you know, this is kind of direct or this is friendly or really whatever. Yeah. It's very, very, so you need a lot of help there, huh? (laughs) Evidently. They're like, Joe, would you like to be a little friendlier? (laughs) This seems nasty, Joe. (laughs) Joe, did you mean to write, please advise or (laughs) let me know when you have a chance work or get back to me now, you know, that type nasty stuff. So funny. Well, I think the final piece, so if we weren't passionate enough about (laughs) punctuation and checking your work, I think the final thing is structure and details. And what does that mean? That means use your subject line to tell people what your note is about, but then stick to that subject line, like we said, in the communications. The other thing is, and this is a major pet peeve of mine, don't put the body of your text like don't use your subject line to communicate everything have you ever gotten when somebody sent you an email and it was like joe what do you think about you know the what what did you think about mm-hmm. the meeting we just had i thought it was odd and that's in the, that's subject, the line. subject line and then they hit send and they hit send and you <laughs> open it and it's empty and you're like it doesn't make any sense to right. me right so your subject line is that's like the money line and you can get you know people's attention that way but that's what it should be about is getting their attention right say enough so they understand what your what the subject is right but don't write a book in the subject line and it's a really good place for you to try and make sure that the goal of the email Mm -hmm. or the communication is captured captured so action required is good in the subject line or need response or needs action and, and, or... and related to what what the subject is you know yeah. the proposal you know yeah, proposal, proposal 807 or whatever it is you know uh your opinion needed below right scheduling right. request right. something like that mm-hmm. like you can use that subject line so somebody knows what the intention is and what they need to do with it right and then i think the other thing as far as like the structure and details are concerned is and this is for email communication right but I always think about this, like you probably get CC'd on a million things throughout the day. Right. 
sometimes people put an email and they put it to 20 people. I believe that the only people that should be in the two line are the people that need to take action on something. Mm -hmm. So if you want a response, like if I want a response from you, I'm going to put the email to you and maybe I'll copy other people that need to just be aware. And then if that changes, be thoughtful up front to Mm -hmm. say, now I need feedback from somebody else as well and add them to the two and remove them from the CC. Very good. I don't know. It's a little thing, but I feel like sometimes emails fly back and forth and then nobody's responding because everybody's in CC or everybody's in two and nobody knows who's got to take action. Right. And in keeping with the theme as we wrap this up, the reason we we cover this kind of stuff and it sounds like, you know, we just want to, you know, get our pet peeves out and so on. <laughs> well, but, and that's part of it. That's part of it. But <laughs> this is our therapy. I'm just going to say that. It's our therapy. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper than getting therapy. But it, what all this does, if you take everything that we've just, you know, spoken about in this little series, you look more professional and better and competent and you will do better in getting new business, advancing your career, and all that. And you'll be able to just operate more efficiently yourself. Correct. Absolutely correct. Good. So should we recap? Brief recap. Very brief recap, guys. So this ended up being a five-step process. Five steps to written communication. There you go. Number one, understand the target and the tone. Number two, clearly state the goal and the call to action in clear terms. Three, use simple language. Number four, use punctuation and check your work. And number five, structure and details. Beautiful. So this is the best recap you have ever done. That's because I wrote it down. Okay, good. I had I had better <laughs> notes than usual. <laughs> Very good. Well, this was great. Thank you, Christina. Plus, we only counted to five. Yeah. I can well, usually yeah. handle like if it's on one hand, because you know I still use my my hands to count. Oh, I didn't even notice. So that was good. I use the digits. Okay. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Thanks, everybody. If you liked what you heard, hit the subscribe button so that more content from us comes up. And a reminder, we will be showing dancing videos of Mr. Joe Graziano. If you go to at morning coffee and mimosas at Instagram. Oh, boy. (laughs) You're in trouble. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, everybody. Wherever you are, whatever your story Thanks for spending time with us this morning. Now, go and make a difference in your world. We have a theme going, Dad. Yes. In an earlier episode, you said you would run for ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'll dance for steak. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, everyone. Have a great week.